Perspectives on Easter, a Tent and Thrive special. It has been some time, but I can't help myself. I keep tugging at it. Yes, I'm talking about my ear. Can you see it? Do you see any scars? Does it look straight to you? Does it seem as perfect to you as it does to me? I can imagine what you might be thinking. Why am I getting so worked up about an ear? Most people view this appendage as a rather unremarkable organ, but you would be impressed if you knew that at one point this very ear was lying in a patch of grass in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yes, that garden located at the foot of the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. I should introduce myself. My name is Malchus, and I work for Caiaphas, the high priest. Uh, well, technically, I am his chief servant. I manage his household. I help with his protection detail, and I help to keep him informed about the matters of the day. As such, I have a very complex and diverse portfolio of responsibilities. For some time, my employer and other members of the Sanhedrin have been concerned about what they call the heretical teachings of an itinerant preacher from Nazareth, a man called Jesus. He claimed to be the Messiah. He said that before Abraham was, he was. He claimed that he was one with Yahweh. He said that he could destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. But it was not just what he said, it was also what he did. He rode into the city on a rented mule in what many of us thought was a lame effort to pass himself off as a king. He healed people on the Sabbath day. They say he cast out demons. Caiaphas said that he did this by using some sort of devilish power. He also ate with sinners and was even spotted in the company of lepers. When we could no longer stand for his blasphemy, disregard for our protocols, and principles and acts of sedition, Caiaphas secured from Pilate a warrant for his arrest. It was late on the eve of Passover, and we learned that he was in the garden. Soldiers in the temple guard, along with several of the religious authorities and their servants, were dispatched to execute the arrest. And of course, given my position, I was at the head of the procession. It was not hard to find him and he did not protest or resist. But one of his followers did something that caught us all by surprise. With lightning quick speed, this man, a degenerate fisherman called Peter, unsheathed the sword and took a swipe at me. In one motion, he sliced off my ear, a clean cut. The soldiers pounced on him, but then Jesus calmly reached down, picked up the ear and reattached it, just like that. What happened next seems like a blur to me. They carried Jesus off to the home of Annas, my master's father-in-law, and the former high priest. I'm not sure what happened there, but soon after that, Jesus was taken to the home of Caiaphas where all the chief priests and the elders gathered. While he was questioned and beaten, all I could think about was my ear. Jesus should have been terrified. He was being arrested. He was being accused of heinous crimes, punishable by crucifixion. But yet, when he should have been concerned for his future, he noticed me and came to my aid. They put Jesus to death. Well, if I'm being completely honest, I should say that we put him to death. I was just as culpable as Annas or Caiaphas or Herod or Pilate. I may not have pronounced a sentence or driven nails into his hands or feet, but I am responsible. I understand a lot more now than I did then. Jesus was not subject to a fair trial. The Sanhedrin was a court in the limited sense of the word. It had legislative, executive, judicial, civil, criminal, and ecclesiastical powers over the Jews, and its judges were 72 descendants of Moses. 
it had to meet legally in daylight, in the forenoon, in a certain room with court reporters present. And for capital cases, a unanimous verdict of guilt was required for conviction. The trial of Jesus took place at night. There were no court reporters, and the trial took place during the Passover festival, which also violated Jewish law. And Jesus was innocent of the charges. I know that now. He was convicted on the testimony of two false witnesses who contradicted each other. As for the whole rebuilding of the temple thing, the Jewish leaders misunderstood Jesus and thought he was talking about the physical temple in Jerusalem, which had taken many years to build. But in reality, Jesus was speaking about his own body, which would be crucified and raised from the dead three days later. Yes, I know the official position of the Sanhedrin is that Jesus' body was stolen by his disciples while the guards were asleep. But I was there when the guards reported what happened, and I could tell from what they were saying that they had been shaken by what they had witnessed. My master concocted the story about the disciples stealing the body and paid off the guards. Caiaphas and the other authorities promised to protect the guards from punishment by Pilate if they would go along with the story. But there have been many reported sightings of a resurrected Jesus. At first, the authorities dismissed them as part of the disciples' conspiracy or as the ravings of disturbed people. For example, when Mary Magdalene claimed that she spoke to two angels and to Jesus himself, my boss quickly pointed out that this woman had been known to be demon-possessed. And when the disciple Thomas began preaching about the resurrection, witnesses came forward saying that they had heard Thomas express disbelief that Jesus was alive. Still, as it is now, even some of the members of the Sanhedrin are no longer supporting the party line. Highly respected men like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea are openly affirming that they believe that Jesus is alive. And so I began asking around. I wanted to know more about Jesus, more about the man who thought of me when he ought to have been worried about himself, more about the man who performed a miracle only hours before he was crucified. Like Nicodemus went to Jesus by night and learned about being born again, I likewise went under the cover of darkness to the apostle Peter. Yes, to the man who had cut off my ear in Gethsemane, the man whom I hated for weeks afterwards. He is the most outspoken of Jesus' followers. If anyone could tell me about what Jesus taught and what he truly stood for, it would be Peter. And I wanted to see if he was truly sorry for what he had done to me. Peter confessed that after he attacked me in Gethsemane, he actually denied that he even knew Jesus. He told me that he was wrong to have resorted to violence in the garden, wrong to have denied Jesus, and wrong to have lost his faith. But then he told me that Jesus had forgiven him and restored him, and that he now hoped that I would do the same. I told him that while I had hated him for some time, I could not stop thinking about what Jesus had done for me. I believed that Jesus was alive, and somehow I believed that he would not want me to hang on to my hatred. And so I told him that I forgave him and asked him to teach me more about Jesus. I learned that Jesus encouraged us to love our neighbor as ourselves. He also challenged his followers to love and pray for their enemies, promoting forgiveness and reconciliation rather than retaliation or violence. He spoke of the kingdom of God as a spiritual realm that could be accessed by all people through faith and humility. 
He urged his listeners to repent of their sins and turn toward God, promising forgiveness and salvation to those who did so. He taught that true greatness comes from serving others, and he modeled this behavior by washing his disciples' feet and giving his life for the sake of others, including for me. He encouraged his followers to have faith in God's goodness and provision, even in difficult times. He warned against judging others harshly, instead encouraging compassion and understanding for those who may be struggling or in need. Jesus also taught that those who believe in him would have eternal life and would be raised from the dead to live with God forever. This was what I needed to learn. I told Peter that I believed and asked him what I should do next. He told me to get baptized. And so that is what I did earlier today. And now I am proud to call myself a follower of Jesus. What Jesus did for me, he can also do for you. Not heal an injured ear, but heal a sin-sick soul. Turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. All you have to do is what I did. Believe.